Get ready to drop the puck, take a free throw, and step up to the plate. It's time for the Metro East Sports Podcast on lineupmedia.fm. From the front office wealth management studio in Edwardsville, Illinois, welcome to the Metro East Sports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro East. Season number four, show number 13, recorded Monday, April 24th, 2023. I'm lifelong Metro East athlete. I guess former athlete, unless you count Golden Tee. And coach, David Light. This week's show features Parker Mayhew and James McKeever from the Alton High tennis team. They're in studio right now. They can't wait to uh, talk about all things Redbird tennis. Guest number two is the women's goalie, former women's goalie at SIU Edwardsville, Taylor Spiller, who literally played every single minute of every single game in 2022 and or 2023 and retiring O'Fallon Township High School athletic director Todd Moeller he's he's got just a a few weeks left on the job I believe but he is going to come in tonight and talk about his career reflect back on it and I'm really, really looking forward to that okay before we get to this guest Thanks to partners, Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquis, The Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And three things you can do to help. Number one, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and you love it. Number two, follow us in all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Right, Parker? Yep. And number three, if you have a story idea, email me at mespdave at gmail.com. And remember, you can nominate your favorite team, any team, for Integrity Spine and Joint Center Metro East Team of the Month. Could be a park and rec team, could be a middle school team, a high school team, a doubles team, you name it. To nominate a team for Team of the Month, send your suggestion to mespdave at gmail.com. Please put team of the month in the subject line. Guest number one tonight, James McKeever, Parker Mayhew, Alton High School tennis players, both juniors. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let's start with school today. How was school today, boys? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty what? Boring. Boring? I think, yeah. Parker, what's your best, what's your favorite subject? Let's start with that. I have a culinary arts nutrition class. Culinary arts? It's pretty fun when you cook stuff in it. What, do you, what have you cooked so far this year? We made... Kimberly Gill or Kimberly Hughes. What? Go ahead. Sorry about that. So I got a phone call. I got to turn my, turn my phone off. Sorry about that. We, na- we made empanadas, uh, fruit, salad. Yummy, yummy. Uh-huh. And I think we made pie. It's kind of basic stuff. Sounds like a fun class. How about you? Your favorite class? That the one that the one that's least boring, James. Uh I take um woodworking class. That's pretty fun. That is cool. I think so. You know who could teach that is uh one of your tennis coaches, Phil Trapani. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, he does do that. He does a lot of woodworking. He's he's really good at that stuff. He helped me uh he built some uh cabinets that I had in my house. Let's not talk about woodworking or cooking or food anymore, even though I could talk about food all night long. Let's talk about the tennis season. How's it going, Parker? It's going really good, actually. We're all improving. That's good. 
our record isn't the best, but we're definitely building and playing as a team together. You've lost to some good teams. You're amongst the elite teams in the Southwestern Conference this year. Alton High School is right there with Belleville East, Belleville West, and O'Fallon. You had a close loss to O'Fallon, who had a close loss to Belleville East. So, you know, I think it's a very competitive competitive conference this year. Let's go to you, James. How do you think it's going? Uh, I think it's going, yeah, pretty good. I wish we got that win against O'Fallon, but I'm ready for uh, Belleville East, though. When do you play them? I think we play them May 6th, maybe. And then you'll see them again in the conference tournament, and then you'll see them again uh, in the sectional tournament. So you'll see them uh, probably likely three more times this year. Uh, Parker, talk about playing number one singles this year. Uh, What's that like for you? It's pretty intimidating for me, but I was playing one as a freshman and sophomore, so I think I've gotten used to it and handling the pressure pretty good. Because you are playing some of the best tennis players in the state and sometimes in the best state in the state of Missouri when you go out there. And it's tough. It's tough. And I think because Alton plays a tough schedule and and you're playing good players. But I think every year I've seen a big jump in your game probably as a result of that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, thank you. All right, James, one of the most improved players in the area. What number did you play last year? Uh, like five or six. And this year you are? Two. Two. So that's a that's a pretty big jump because I think everybody was back, right? Yeah. yeah. So you really uh, stepped it up. What aspects of your game in particular did you improve? Uh, I'd say I got better physically, like stronger, and I also just was tired of losing. I just wanted to win, so I got a little mentally tough. Good for you. Thank you. And what? And you guys are playing number one doubles together, also, yeah. which has got to be a, which has got to be a big a big transition for you guys together too. Did you know you were going to play number one doubles going into the season, or was that something Coach Macias came up with once the season started? Talk about that. I think we both knew because we were both we were playing a bunch in the off season, to, like together at the uh, Edwardsville camps, so. And you played at the Y, and you played with Alton kids, too? Yeah. Okay. How'd you guys get into tennis, James? I got in from from Parker. Really? In seventh grade, yeah. So you guys were friends outside of uh, outside of tennis, and yeah. you started playing tennis, and you're like, and you told this guy to start playing tennis? Mm. Yeah. Where did you get your start? Uh, I would just play with my dad on the weekends, and just something fun to do. Very good. Very good. Where did you play? Lewis and Clark or uh, Summer Sport? Or? Rock Springs. Rock. Yeah. It was pretty rough down there, but I haven't played there in a long time. I love the Rock. How many courts do they have down there? I think they have four. When I was a kid, that's where the Alton community played tennis. Really? Yes. That's where all the USTA tournaments were. So that's where I played against Mr. Walters and Walter Brink. And all the old Alton legends and, and Rob Simpson, uh, senior and junior, all those all those guys, that, that's where we all started uh, when we played in Alton. And then they built the, the courts at, at Gordon Moore, obviously the Simpson Complex, and then also Lewis and Clark. A lot of kids have played there. And uh, summer, sport as well, summer sport as well. All right, as a doubles team, guys, describe your style. I think our serve-orientated. Orient, 
and we just I think we're pretty aggressive. Yeah. I think um we try to play shorter points, I'd say. Yeah. Get to the net. Mm-hmm, put it away. Yeah. Easy points. Parker's got a big serve. You're a big tall guy. How tall are you? Uh six one. Six one? Yeah. When's the last time you, you measured yourself? I think you might be taller than that. Cause I f- Everybody says that. I don't really know. <laughs> no one I, knows their height, really. Yeah, no. Everyone knows their height, Parker. I think that's uh, – I think you need to – I think you need to <laughs> – I think you need to get, to get measured. Okay. Coach Macias is one of the old guys now. I remember when I was an old guy, and he was a young coach um, at Alton taking over for Leon Wright. But he's one of the old guys now. He's been coaching tennis at Alton, involved in the Alton tennis scene for over two decades. What has he taught you guys about tennis? I think he's just kind of let us – he's been – he's kind of let us do our own thing. In a way, like we decide what we need to work on, and he helps us with that. So he kind of puts the players first. Yeah, he's definitely a a player's first coach. He's he's not super strict. He's uh super nice too. And uh uh I don't know, he just really cares about the players. I agree. He is a nice guy and he does and he does care about the players. I like I like working with Jesse. Okay. I'm gonna ask you what you're looking forward to the second half of the season, but first I gotta talk about golf. You play some golf, a little bit of golf. But, yeah. All right. No golf for you, Parker? Sometimes with James, but I'm terrible. All right. <laughs> Located northeast of Edwardsville, Oak Brook Golf Club is a family-owned 27-hole public golf facility. Their goal is to offer the highest quality golf experience for a reasonable fee. Oak Brook is consistently recognized for awards such as friendliest staff, best course to host a fundraiser, and best senior scramble in the bi-state area. From fundraisers to leagues to instruction to an afternoon out on the links by yourself or with your buds, the Brook wants to win your business. I've personally played and hosted multiple golf scrambles there, and I can attest Mike Surrey and his staff are the best. To book your tee time or to start organizing your next fundraising scramble, give Mike a call at 656-5600 or check him out online at oakbrookgc.com. All right, guys, we're about halfway through this tennis season. And now you're sitting at a position where you're starting to envision the end of this tennis season. What are you looking forward to second half of the season? Parker, start with you. Well, I'm looking forward to playing more of our conference matches against East and West because we have not seen them yet this year. And I just want to know how they're holding up. Were you supposed to play them and the matches got rescheduled because of rain or? I think our first match was the Belleville East tournament, so we would probably see them there, but it got rained out. Mm. How about you? Uh, I'd say I'm looking forward most to playing Belleville East too because I think I think uh, we have a good chance, I hope. It'll be a good match. We've played uh, – Edwardsville has played both teams. And uh, I think you guys are, are, are very, very comparable. And uh, you guys are great players. Um, you're both uh, super athletic, powerful players. When you talk to your friends who don't play tennis about tennis, what don't they understand about tennis? Everything. They think it's 
really easy. I remember there was a kid who, you know, maybe six or seven years ago, but the quarterback, the Alton High School quarterback, played number five singles, and he had a really long three-set match with Jack Desi. And I talked to him. I can't remember his name right now. But I talked to him after the match, and I said, tough match, right? And he was just exhausted. I go, tennis is tough, right? And he just looked at me, and he just goes, man, mentally. Yeah. How would you describe the mental toughness it takes to play tennis? Because I, I, I liked what you said, that you got mentally tougher. But how would you describe the mental toughness it takes to, to play number one singles in the Southwestern Conference? I'd say it's you, – if you – you can't – it's kind of hard to describe. You have to forget, uh, like, a, each point. You have to have a short memory. and But you also have to analyze what you did wrong, what you did right. So it's kind of complicated. It is complicated. Kind of like that uh, – what's that soccer? What's that show? Uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. What's he say? You got to have the memory of a goldfish. Yeah. Right, so playing number one singles, playing a good player, it doesn't really matter what number you're playing. Lose a point, you got to forget about it and focus on the next one. The next one is the only one that matters, right? Same thing in doubles, right? Doubles, it's 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 tough mentally, but I think is there a difference between singles and doubles emotionally and how you approach those matches mentally and emotionally, you guys? Definitely, you have a partner with you to rely on and think things over as far as strategy. Is it more fun? Oh, yeah. I love playing doubles. Probably more than singles, just because it's more aggressive and there's a bunch of different things that can happen. Is it easier having a partner out there than playing by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree with you completely. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming by. Really appreciate you uh, coming in. Sorry about yesterday. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and confess that I told you the wrong day and you wasted a trip out here, but I've, I'll, I'll make it up to you with some uh, free swag. And uh, I really respect, respect you guys and the work you put in. So I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. I'll be curious to watch, watch you and see how you do. I'm, I'm rooting for you. And uh, have a good day tomorrow. And culinary? Yeah. And woodworking. Wouldn't have guessed that. Okay, guest number two tonight, SIUE goalie, Taylor Spiller, number three all-time in shutouts already. Did you know that? I did not know that. You got to start reading your bio. You're pretty awesome. And co-founder of Sweat, John Muldoon, in the studio. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. But first, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side... Please give our partners at Keller Williams Marquee, Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game, the chance to serve you. Another goalie, Jeb Blasting Game, was a, was a great goalie at Illinois State University, actually, uh-huh. and Granite City. They have offices in O'Fallon and Edwardsville with more than 165 agents. The Blasting Games are a family-owned business that has helped over 11,000 families find just the right home. The Lipes are one of those families. Jeb and Ginger sold our house quickly because they're experts at staging and pricing, and they helped us find the perfect home, and they can do the same for you. No wonder they've been ranked in the top 10 real estate teams in North America. Give Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game a call at 618-578-9276 or check them out online at blastinggamegroup.com. You will not be disappointed. 
All right, let's talk soccer. Welcome to the show, Taylor Spiller. Thanks for having me. And John Muldoon, welcome again. Good to see you here again. Is this your second or third time? Second time. You love being here. It's my favorite place. All right. Congratulations. You played every single minute of this season last year for the Cougars. I did. I did. It was a fun season. <laughs> you were busy. Yes. And you're durable. <laughs> to play uh, every single minute of every single game? Yeah, it, it helps when uh, my team does a good job not making me do a lot of work. And so. your team was good last year. They were. We were. <laughs> but you did some work because I noticed that there were more shots against than there were for the Cougars by a very slight margin last year because I looked at all the stats. I wanted to know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, there were a lot of shots against you. You were pretty busy. All right. I didn't realize. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. But the team had a good year last year. Yes. OVC champs? Yes. Third and time. Third time in a row. Yes. And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Only second team in the OVC history to do it. Well, yeah. good, good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. And you're from Cincinnati, Ohio? I am. Yes. And how did you get into soccer? Um, I started playing soccer when I was about six or seven years old uh the first team i actually ever played on was a boys team because my community didn't have enough girls uh for a team in the fall and then uh come spring we ended up having enough people so then i played for my community until i was 10 or 11 and i started playing club soccer always a goalie uh no <laughs> start off I, in the field yeah i started off splitting half and half um i kind of played all over the field and then when I started club, I actually decided I didn't want to be in goal because I was too scared because uh, I didn't want to screw everything up for my team. So I only played defense and then I went to forward. And then uh, my second year of club, one of my friends convinced me to go to goalkeeper training and I loved goalkeeper training. So then I went back into goal after that. <laughs> How old was that second year of academy? Uh, 12. So you yep. were like seventh grade. Yeah. So seventh grade, you made the transition. Yep. And so it's been about nine years for you, almost a decade now in goal. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's been a long I journey. So. Yeah. <laughs> what do you love about playing goalie? I, mm, there's a lot. I think goalkeeper training is still like my bread and butter. Like I will train all day, every day. And being in games and being able to like pull out those like big moments, um, is incredible but it doesn't come like that often like one of the things I've actually struggled with is um I feel like I, I don't have enough not no I feel like I don't make a good impact on the game if I'm not like touching the ball but like I don't want to touch the ball during a game I don't want the ball down on my half um so like knowing that when I can come up big that I do so is like super important to me um but in training I get to do that for an hour straight and it's great and it's fun um but my favorite things like about goalkeeping are probably like big dives like flying um love making 1v1 saves and then like all the little tiny details that come into it are just like very fun for me to think about give me an example of one of those fun details Ooh, like one of the big things that um I've been working on the past several months is pre-dive footwork. So like uh, as you're moving into a dive, having the most efficient footwork and having the most efficient like body movement. So like if it's a low dive, getting your feet right to where um, as you're moving into it, like your knee isn't uh, like getting in your way so you can't attack the ball. 
and like pulling you backwards. Um, but then also being able to like sink your hips low and like get your hands low to where they need to be. And it's like little tiny things that might not make a huge difference, like 90% of the time, but then that other 10% of the time, it's the difference between making the save and not. It's crazy. That's very <laughs> technical. Yeah. <laughs> very technical because I told you off air that I played goalie mm -hmm. for two years in college. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. I think the training was so fun. Right. <laughs> How would you describe the training? Um, I think the goalkeeping environment in general is just very special because we're all very weird people. Agreed. <laughs> and like out of the ordinary or crazy. Um, and it's kind of a stereotype on goalkeepers. So like when you get into this like environment of just those people, it can be insanely like fun um, as long as the environment allows for it. So depending on the day, like it could just be that fun, crazy environment. But then on days where you might need to be hitting the ground a lot more, then it can be pretty, pretty taxing. But as long as you keep like a good attitude, then it's still just very fun. <laughs> I loved how physical it was mm -hmm. because my other sport in college was tennis, mm -hmm. which is obviously not physical. You're not hitting somebody. You don't get to have any contact. You don't get to sort of unleash those things. So I really, I really loved that aspect. Yeah. I thought soccer, I thought goalie practice was very physical mm -hmm. for the goalie. But the thing that I think makes goalies weird is that most of practice, it's them against us, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. like they're shooting on us. It's all of them against us. It's all of them against the goalie. So the goalie develops this mentality of, I'm the only person in the world that, that matters. I've got this job to do, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's where I think some of the weirdness comes from as far as goalies, because it's, it's known in hockey too. They talk about how goalies tend to be kind of strange, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's fun. What do you think it takes to be a great goalie? Oh, mentally, mentally, probably. I, I think there's two things to it. So being brave, and like willing to throw your body at yeah. the ball, being willing to, um, you know, dive headfirst into somebody's feet. Right. Um, and that's something that I've, I'm still working on to like, I feel like younger goalkeepers are almost better at it as long, like if they grow up just being willing to do that, then like when you're young, it's easy. But then once you know, like, oh shoot, I can actually get hurt doing this, then it gets a little bit more difficult to just be willing to do it. Um, and then the second part is being okay, like, like mentally strong. So if you get scored on, you can just pick yourself back up and keep going. Like it, you can't show it on the field in the game. Like once you're done with the game, then, okay, fine, mull it over, figure out what you did wrong and then move on. But having the like mental toughness to be able to just keep showing up, like good example is my high school team. We were not good. Um, we lost almost every game, six, seven, eight, nine to zero. And just being able to continue to step on the field and be like, yeah, I'm the goalkeeper here. I got this is a lot. You got a lot of practice in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even probably at times more than you wanted. Yeah. It, it was it was a tough, tough couple years. <laughs> but it was my, good. Another thing I loved about goalie, pounty kicks. Yes. I loved yes penalty kicks mm. why do you why do goalies love penalty kicks oh man I think it's partially because you're not supposed to save it right like not necessarily pressures off you because I still like I feel like goalkeepers still take that pressure on 
Um, but if anything, the pressure is all on the, the person shooting because totally. they should score. Um, but <laughs> I won't give everything away. Like, I'm not going to say how I read penalty kicks or anything, but like walking up to the line, I'm just grinning. Right. <laughs> and I'm just trying to catch people's eye. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> love that. I love that. I know stories about, uh, I study the, uh, women's national team when they uh won Mia Ham's year when they won mm-hmm. the penalty kicks and Gao Hong was was the goalie and she would like do certain things with her hands and eyes and try to mess with the uh, try to mess with the Americans all this all this crazy stuff so there's all these mind games yeah. that you can play for sure okay well you're coming back for a fifth year next year to, uh, you're going to be a cougar again mm-hmm. why did you make that decision um so my freshman year I came in and there were already three other goalkeepers ahead of me, like age-wise. Um, and after my first week um, with everyone, I like during preseason, quickly realized like I'm not ready yet. Um, and our coaches also realized that. Um, and so we sat down and talked about me redshirting. Um, so there's like, there's a bunch of different ways to get different years of eligibility. Um, but one of them is a redshirt year. There's medically redshirting and then redshirting with the intention of not playing. Um, so my freshman year, we w- like went through the season. Um, even if we were up by a ton and it would be a good idea to like get me some experience, I would intentionally not play so gotcha. that I could preserve my my year eligibility. Yeah, exactly. Um, so since freshman year, I had like my fifth year in my pocket um, and always kind of intended to take it with SIUE um but now like have having gone through the past four years like I'm not done with this team yet so yeah yeah OVC champs coming back again next year you lost in the first round but you got to the NCAAs and it's your Mm -hmm. third championship in a row congratulations Mm -hmm. so you're looking forward to another hopefully championship right Mm -hmm. capitalizing and maybe even go deeper in the tournament yeah that is the goal I've got that is one of the goals that I want to I want the, us as a team to accomplish before I leave. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm going to keep track of you next year for sure. <laughs> okay. And you brought with you uh, co-founder at Sweat, S-W-H-E-T. Welcome back to the show, John Muldoon. I appreciate it. All right. Talk about what Sweat does. So Sweat's an online marketplace where athletes can buy and sell private practices. Um, recently, we just, we just um, started two partnerships with local park districts, uh, one in Shanahan, Illinois, and then another one here in Edwardsville. Um, so we'll be doing pop-up summer camps as well and uh, small clinics. Okay, so if people want private lessons in a variety of sports, they can get them through Sweat. What sports, in what sports right now are you offering private lessons? Uh, all the high school sports, baseball, basketball, softball, um, volleyball, football, we got some sprinters on there. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but any, soccer. any soccer. Oh, of course. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, we got Taylor on there. Um, you know, men and women. So it's 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 been good. I'm guessing that as a seventh grader, you started goalie training and you loved it. I did, like you said. Yep. And so now, you are loving spreading what you learn to these little kids. Yes. So how many kids are you working with, Taylor? Because Taylor Spiller, goalie at SIUE, is also, she's in your cadre of athletes yeah. who are given lessons, right? Yep. How many kids have you given lessons to for through sweat? Um, right now I have, I believe, 
four, three very consistent. Um, Weekly. And I've, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I've had four, um, uh, five that like the other two um, are availabilities. Uh, between them and me, we're able to meet like twice a month, maybe. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. How's it been? It's been very fun. I love coaching. Um, some of the most like influential people in my life have been the um, coaches that I'm able to work with outside of like my team um, when I'm home. And like a lot of them are a huge reason of why I've excelled in the sport. Um, like my team coaches are amazing, but they have a whole team to worry about. Right. Um, so being able to go off and like get that little bit of like extra attention um, within the sport, but also just like as a human being um, is amazing. And it's, it's good for you too. It's a private lesson that you can schedule around your training. Mm -hmm. It's not like a job at a pizza restaurant where you have to be there at a certain time. So you can work with the kid and you can, you can be flexible with your time. And that's, that's the, that's the thing that I think is cool. And instead of you advertising in the local paper, Hey, I've got goalie less goalie lessons available. John and sweat market you for you, which is a, which is a good concept. And are you working with girls and boys or just little girls? I only have girls right now, but I am absolutely, or actually I did start training um, a younger boy as well. Um, field players and goalkeepers as yep. well. I was yeah. going to say, you yeah. should be good to go with the yeah. field kids too. Yeah. Is it always one-on-one? -on -one? Do you ever do two-on-one small groups, that kind of stuff? I do offer group sessions as well, um, but I only have one-on-ones right now. Very good. Cool. How's it going? How's sweat? I mean, it's going good. We got uh, well over 200 people on the platform now. Last I spoke to you, we had like 30. Um, last I spoke to you, I think we only had like 30 practices. Now we've done over, uh, you know, close to 250, I would say. Um, and we're, you know, we're just learning day by day. Uh, I think the, these deals with the park districts are going to help help us scale a little bit, help, uh, you know, coaches like Taylor find more clients and, uh, you, know, you know, give back to the community as well. Is it where you thought it would be at this point? Because how many years ago was that I had you on? Was that just after COVID? I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to think of when that was. You were just getting started. Yeah, we were like, we didn't even have a practice bot, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd say this. Like, I'm not a very patient person, so I, I think we're on track. Sometimes I wonder, like, are, are we doing enough? And I think we are. Um, I would say we are where we thought we'd be. I just didn't think we it would be the journey that we took to get there you know um a lot of trial and error and and just like a series of luck too you know so always been appreciative yeah i think that's the biggest thing is finding is is figuring out where you're going where the athletes are going to give the lessons yeah you know what i mean if you're not officially affiliated with one particular entity mm -hmm. you know you have to finagle your way with these park districts and work with them yeah. um to do what you're going to do because there's space out there yeah obviously right yeah, there's space. I mean, we got people up in up in the Chicago areas. We got people down here in St. Louis. Um, we've definitely casted a, a larger web than I thought we would. Um, but now we're seeing that like uh, that network effect. You know, a lot of people on the team start talking about it. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't really trust it until the money hits their bank account, and then they realize, oh shoot, I can do this. In terms of your coaches. In terms of our coaches, yeah. So like all of our coaches. Um, they list their own price to pick their own hours. The only rule is uh, you can't charge anything less than $40 for an individual practice. And we have three coaches, four coaches that could do this 
full time. I mean, hourly are making more than than me as a special ed teacher. In uh, wh- in what sports? Uh, we got football, softball, basketball, and then uh, I think we got a soccer player. Maybe we have two basketball players. But it's just a matter of, of of scheduling. Like a lot of them are graduating college now. A lot of them are in their season. Um, but are, are definitely excited to, to get back after it uh, once those uh, commit, commitments are over. I think it's a good. I think it's a good idea and a good concept. And you're a teacher. Uh, you're you're a, a natural coach with these kids, and this is something that you want to do professionally. Yes. Yeah. Coaching is something that I want to continue doing through the rest of my life. Yeah. High school coach probably. High school coach, maybe club. I've debated college. Um, I tend to gravitate towards where I'm at in life. Um, So during high school, I was like, I'm absolutely going to be a high school coach, 100%. And now that I'm in college, I'm like, you know, maybe I kind of want to try my hand at this. But it'll it'll be, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in the next year. There's just so many different pathways that I could go down. But coaching is a a constant in there. Are you an education major? I am. I'm a high school math education major. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. We just we just learned a lot more about her too. <laughs> you're you're a smart kid. Good for you. Thanks. High school <laughs> high school math. Maybe back in the Cincinnati area. I'm yeah. sure your family would love to see you back there <laughs> coaching and, and teaching in, in Cincinnati. Okay. If folks want to learn how to join the staff, maybe somebody's listening thinking, you know. I was a college baseball player. I'd like to uh, maybe get involved with sweat, or maybe I was a swimmer. Yeah, it could be swimming. You know, lac- lacrosse, um, polo. I mean, what's is that like? What water polo is that? No, or there's that water the polo, and then there's polo with the horses. What about if somebody was like uh, polo? Would you? I mean, we'll I can't s- promise to find you a horse, but uh, no, I've got my own. Bring horses your own. If I want to give polo lessons, obviously, but basketball, baseball, softball, people that. People that were extremely proficient, do they have to have been a college athlete to be on your college, to be on your coaching staff? I would never shoo anybody away. I mean, the biggest thing is, is again, like how much you care. Um, You know, all of our coaches right now are former current collegiate athletes. Um, But we haven't gotten a, and I'm not saying like, oh, we haven't gotten a bad review yet. Like most of our reviews are, wow, these coaches really care. Um, So as long as you care and, and you, got to have some sort of base knowledge right? you got to be proficient yeah you exactly gotta be an expert um because we've also you know dealt with people that that weren't good communicators that weren't um you know that as professional as as we expect and, and we've let them go you know so um it's not just anybody but it, it could be anybody you know so if folks want to learn how to uh find lessons where can they find you where what's your website uh swhet.com sweat.com you can find us on on Facebook as well, S W H E T, and then our Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. Give them a follow, and then your contact information is on the website as well. Yep, so people yep. can find you, John. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, Taylor, congratulations on a fantastic year, a conference championship, and a senior year coming up for you. I wish you well, and I want to come out and see you play next year. From one goalie to another, just keep making that W behind the ball, <laughs> and you got it when you go up in that when you go up in the middle, you got to raise your knee up, right? Yep. You yep. want to keep those people away from you, so you it, bring that knee up to be strong. Inside or outside knee? Well, it depends on where you are. It depends on where the traffic is. Dude, she's a technician. I've yeah. seen her train before. <laughs> like you can see it when she's talking using her hands. Total technician. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff, man. Really appreciate it. So good luck with you, John. Good luck uh, with sweat. Continued success. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Special ed teacher at Edwardsville High School. Also a pleasure to work with you on a daily basis. Of course, guys. Thanks so much for coming by. Thanks for Thank having you. us.
Okay, guest number three, I'm really excited to have Todd Moeller, the outgoing in about two more months. What did yep. you say your last day was? Well, I got eight more Fridays, so. Eight more, so exactly two June, more months. June 30th is the last uh, official date, but I'm going to take some vacation time, and so middle of June is going to be my walkout date. Well, you've been a busy man. Edwardsville has a bunch of great restaurants, but at the top of my list is Wang Gang Asian Eats. I've been a huge fan for years. Why? Their contemporary Asian menu is loaded with innovative takes on classic Asian flavors. Tasty appetizers like potstickers, choo-choo shrimp, and crab rangoon. Delicious entrees like their famous drunken noodle and the dragon poke bowl combined with their unique bar menu and world-class service makes Wang Gang a perfect destination for date night, family night, or even Sunday brunch. But if Asian isn't your thing, pop into Chappie's right next door for the best burgers, fried chicken shakes, and the coldest beer on the planet. Located just west of Edwardsville High School in University Point Number 2, it's easy to find, and you'll be glad you checked out both places. By the way, all guests, including Todd Moeller, who appear on this podcast, get a free shake at Chappie's. So on your way out of town, nice, you're nice. looking pretty fit. I don't think you eat many milkshakes. <laughs> you got, are you on a special diet? You a work, you a workout uh, guy? I, I try to, I'm not, I, you know, I try to stay with a athlete mentality, you know, at a boy and big thanks to partner Cassens Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram, the number one place to purchase a vehicle in the Metro East. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car, check out Cassens inventory in person where they've been for 25 years or online at Cassens.com. Cassens has earned the highest ratings for customer service. Their expert staff is committed to making your car buying experience enjoyable, including convenient on-site financing. I've purchased four vehicles there, and I will not buy a car or a truck or a minivan anyplace else. With over 80 years of experience in the Metro East, Cassens is the clear-cut leader for quality, service, and customer satisfaction. Go see Steve, Cliff, Holly, Greg, Bob, Mike, or Trent today. All right, Mr. Todd, welcome to the show. Good to see you again. Yeah. First, I, man, if, if I ever want a commercial, man, you are the guy. Am I'm I gonna, doing okay? Yeah, man. I love it. Yes. I tell you what, it's been a it's been a journey. Year number four. I think you were maybe like one of the first guests we ever had on the show. Do you remember that? I, I was in the front uh, part of it. It was my when I came first time, yeah, for sure. And it was actually, uh, we came on a Sunday, and the next day, I think, or that night, uh, things were shut down. All I heck broke, it, yeah. broke loose yeah. with COVID. Yes, yes. Yes. That was, yeah, you were about the second week guest. Uh, Scott Battis was the first week, and I had you lined up guest number guest number two, week number two, and we were just kind of starting to figure out who we were, and then immediately the world shut down. Yeah, yeah. What a crazy, what a crazy time that was. Yes. Almost like a nightmare that didn't happen. It's a weird, it's a weird time looking back on that, you know, it's just like a dead time zone almost kind of thing. It's, it's so warped in my mind right now. I feel like it was almost like a world war yeah. because it shut things down and it made things that made like who wins between O'Fallon and Alton and Edwardsville and Mascuda a lot less important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much lingering stuff, you know, just in logistical stuff, but also mental stuff that just ling it's lingering and, and you don't want to ever, you know, eventually we want to say, Hey, we're done with this. But, you know, I think there is some real things that have lingered, you know, coaches that I've talked to, 
um, you know, just a logistical, the work that I have to do as an athletic director with buses, because I'm also the transportation person and Edersville is experiencing this as well. Right. Like we don't have enough drivers. Well, that's a, that's a, you know, a thing in industry all around all kinds of industry. And, and when, every time you turn around and there's just not a body to work somewhere, it just makes, that's one of those lingering effects, you know? Lifelong athlete, lifelong coach. You say you're keeping that athletic mentality. Grew up in Mascouda, graduated from Mascouda High School, went on and yeah. played some college sports or not? I don't remember I played that. college basketball. Yeah. Okay. Went to Rend Lake one year, and then I transferred to the College of St. Francis, now the University of St. Francis up in Joliet. Yep. Played basketball there for uh, my, my three remaining years um, and had a, had a great experience. I was a captain my senior year and I really had to walk on and earn my way, so I I felt great about my experience there. Yeah, but we're never a varsity basketball coach. Never varsity. Initially, <laughs> that's how I saw myself. Um, I my first year of teaching, I was a freshman basketball coach and a freshman football coach, with all intentions of being eventually someday maybe a varsity basketball coach. Never really uh, saw myself as a football coach, but the more I coached football the more I love, fell in love with coaching that game. I loved playing basketball. I, I, I see myself as a basketball player, the athleticism. And, the, and, I, and I loved coaching basketball. Um, but at O'Fallon, there, this, the way things uh, panned out, opportunity happened. I, I was a JV basketball coach at the time I got the head uh, football job. So I was kind of in position, to, you know, just depending on how things rolled, um, how things – I was with Kevin Kellerman. He was the head coach at that time in basketball. And the head job in, in football came open. And, um, you know, it, that, that started a different trajectory for me for sure. And how many years as the head football coach for the Panthers? So I was five years as the head football uh, coach. And, and in my, after my third year, which was uh, just a, a great fun ride uh, th that year, we made it to the quarterfinals. We were undefeated. 11-0 heading into that game. But um, after that year, I also got the athletic director position. I was assistant athletic director for six or seven years. And then after that third year, I got the athletic director position as well um, and learned – and I felt like I knew what I was getting into. Um, but you never do until you're in the fire. And, and being the head football coach and the athletic director – having three young kids at home, uh, a marriage that was a high priority. Um, you hope that your priority priorities don't start shifting, but they do when you're overwhelmed and things were given and the wrong things were given. So um, by no asking of my wife, just an internal knowing in me that, that something had to be taken off the plate. So I, I left fo uh, football and stayed with the athletic director deal. What did you miss? about coaching football once you left it behind you could because you said you loved coaching football I did man. what did you I, love I, about coaching football what I loved about coaching football was um man the when I'm in front of the men young men and they're they're, they're in front of me and, I, and I'm and I'm coaching them and it, it, there's an energy that I that it felt coming through me to them and, and just I it's hard to explain if, if, if you're a coach, sometimes you understand that, but I, I felt like there was connection 
there, uh, the passion that I was feeling, I felt like there was a connection in that and, and, um, just going to battle with those young men, it, it creates an environment, an opportunity for a great relationship and, and lasting memories. And, and um, man, I just loved it. Yeah. What were some of the memories that you'll take with you? Because you'll have a million of them. Yeah. But obviously getting to the quarterfinals, being undefeated at that point, winning a conference championship, what, what will be the things that you take from that football coaching experience that you'll hang on to well it's the it's the uh the relationships that i still have with some of those young men um not you you don't have a relation long lasting relationship with all your athletes but some of them remain and they're still integrated in in um uh, you know my thought process i think about them um i do things with them um or you know, they'll reach out to me and, and ask me something, ask me a question, or I'll get a random text and say, hey, hey, coach, uh, you want to go out for a coffee? I'd like to talk. You know, and, just, and, and those are random, but those are things that, that are tangible and meaningful to me um, that, that um, is long-lasting, like you said, from, from those football days. We had longtime coach Paul Bassler from Triad on the, on the show a couple weeks ago. He said the exact same thing. That yeah. That's the thing he hangs on to are those relationships and those text messages from those former players reaching out to him, those relationships that he's cultivated. I think that's, that's very well said. The passion that you had for leading and leadership as a coach, then you channeled that professional energy into the job as athletic director. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it took a while, I can tell you, because that it's a it's a it's a it's a shift of confidence. It's a shift of mindset, um, because in the realm of coaching young men or coaching um, teens, um, I think there's a when you're an adult, there's a there's a automatic authority that maybe positional that you feel more confident. Moving into the athletic director from the coaching realm to you know as an equal so to speak, to a leadership position, I think it took me some time to really um, understand who I wanted to be as a leader in that capacity. Um, and, you know, I was in a, being at O'Fallon is a, is a great environment to learn how to do that um, and given the autonomy to do that. And the coaching staff, man, I, the, the coaching staff at O'Fallon is just amazing. I, I, I love those people. Um, they care about the kids. Um, they compete hard. They do things right. They, uh, they care about how they do things. Um, and so in working with people like that, it, it really developed a, a service type of leadership in me. And, and I think that kind of comes natural to me anyways. I'm, I don't like being the, the, the authority where I know it all. But man, I, I love uh, coming alongside someone and, and helping them be their best and asking those questions, how can I do that? How can I help you? And then if I can see, area, see areas that I can, you know, that, that are important to me, because I, I, there's, there's things inside of me, my core values, the things that I care about that I know if I, they're not happening, you know, that, that moves me quicker into maybe a, a, a tough conversation that we might have to have. Or, and I say tough conversation because um, it's uncomfortable. Tough in that they're uncomfortable, but they're, they're, 
they're the real they're the real conversations between people asking like hey why did that happen last night um let's talk about that where you at mentally that that moved you into that space um let's talk about that uh, because coaches aren't aren't perfect <laughs> we we have emotions running high just like kids do um athletic directors do as well and um learning how to illustrate that or and and handle that as a coach i think has a has a great it is a great leadership model in and of itself so how i can do that as an athletic director and help them grow in those ways and growing myself um alongside that you know that's that took some time for me to get to that point when you looked at that job as the athletic director at O'Fallon, there had to have been a million things running through your mind. But someplace in your mind, you had to be thinking, here's what I, here's what I am going to bring to the table. What were you thinking when you took the job that you wanted to bring to the O'Fallon community and the high school specifically? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, like it, you know, I do this for a living. Yeah, I know, man. You, uh, that you are you're good at this. You read you read great commercials. You re- ask great uh, questions. You know what? You know what? I think it's fascinating. I think you've done a hell of a job there, and I think I appreciate how hard you've worked, and I'm genuinely interested. So my questions, I really yeah. want to know. So yeah, and that comes across. Thank it you. really does. Thank you. Um, so, one of my uh, natural traits is is. Um, uh, curiosity and um, you know um, so when I um, when I took over the job I think um, I like being creative so when I see something it's easier to see something when things are going bad or or see things that are going wrong and have a creative mind on how to fix it or how to move into that space and I think we could do this and it could go in a different direction right so when I when I look at you know the athletic director position, or when I looked moved into the head football position, or you know this thing that I'm gonna we may, might talk about going into next, man, I, I put a, a creative eye on it first, and how how could we do this? How how could we move into a better space with that? So I did a lot of that with the athletic director position for sure, and that just kind of comes natural to me. I start thinking, you know, I'm I'm just thinking and I'm just writing things down and detailing things. I'm very detailed and just writing and and um, moving my mind into those spaces. So one of the biggest things and and you know the I was assistant AD for Steve Oliver for a long time and I respect him tremendously. The 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 job of an athletic director is not easy at all. But to put my own stamp on it and to um you know to make it mine um I wanted I, what I wanted to do and this is not like in any contrary but what I wanted to do was to um, lead a culture of, and that we were to, to, to move in on, on all of being on the same page of who we were to be as a coaching staff. So, um, I just started into that business and really not knowing at all what that meant or what steps were needed, um, or, or how really to get there. And how did you get there? Well, I started pursuing leadership in myself first and reading books, um, listening to podcasts. And I would take a concept that would grab me and I would just throw it into reality and see what it looked like. So we, we started with core values and, um, 
you know, we, we, I met as an, as a coaching staff, we were probably 120 people in a room and we just started tossing around words. And I asked a question, you know, when, when, what are the words that describe us when it is, we are being who it is that we want to be. What are those words that describe us? And we went, you know, we did the work. We went from 20 to 10 to, you know, to five and, and, um, you know, but even in core values, working in core values, there was a learning curve. And, you know, at first I learned that that work was good. We got thinking, but in just having words, it didn't work. There was no change that was happening. It didn't manifest anything, just having words on a wall. I would ask a coach every now and then, hey, what are our core values? And crickets. I mean, you know, which I understood because I had to practice them first before I asked the question, hey, what are our core values? And remember them. Kids, the same. I have a leadership council, and, and the kids would be the same. Crickets. So I kind of just changed it and did my own thing with them, and I created these pillars, compete fiercely, lead boldly, and love strong. And what I do with them now consistently is I ask coaches if they come into our you know, into our fold, every new coach, whether it's a volunteer or staffer, I ask them to interpret that. And what it does is it creates a conversation. And in that conversation, then, they get to hear my interpretation of what compete fiercely, lead boldly, and love strong means. And we dialogue. And now it's a mix of thought, but a, a influential thought into someone, and I'm not telling them what our pillars or what should be important, but we're talking about what can be important in this thing that we do coaching. And, and I have found that to be one of the, uh, probably the most f important things that I do as an athletic director is having those one-on-one -on -one conversations with coaches. Just interpret, interpreting our actions First of all, knowing that we're we want to interpret our actions through those pillars, but then even in a re reflection, interpreting them back to them. Um, was it good? How can we evaluate that? Can we do it differently um, to meet who we want to be? And not by words on a wall, but, you know. Just Living them and talking yeah, about them right. and continuing to, to, to grow. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a, a great concept. I think those are powerful words, and I think it's, cool and inspiring that you weren't afraid to use the word love. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. And that, that, uh, probably comes, um, central to me in my, in my, uh, Christian faith. Um, and that, um, you know, ultimately, uh, I, I don't, I really don't know why there is fear in that. It, there, there is strength in love, not weakness. It's not weakness to say, I love you. Um, that there is tremendous strength in that. And um, so I don't know why people really fear that, to be honest. To compete and to lead is normal rhetoric for a football player yeah. and an athletic director. To add the word love, to emphasize love amongst the Panthers, mm -hmm. I think is exemplary. Kudos to you for that. Got to shift gears here for a second. Spring is here, so it's time to check your air conditioning unit Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated HVAC company that strives to provide quality heating and cooling services throughout the Metro East, including Edwardsville, Collinsville, Belleville, Troy, and, of course, O'Fallon. A proud train distributor, their technicians install and service all makes and models of equipment. Whether you're looking to maintain, repair, or replace, Viviano has you covered. 
For service you can trust, don't hesitate to call Viviano today at 618-345-7498 or visit them online at vivianoair.com. It's hard to stop a train. And Andy Callaway of Callaway Home Loans saves me money every month now and will save my family thousands in the long run. How? He refinanced my, refinanced my existing mortgage, and he can do the same for you. Rates are all over the place, but you need to take advantage of an easy, fast, and affordable way to refinance. They do conventional FHA and VA loans. And ask for the Metro Esports Podcast Special. If you refinance with Andy, he will donate $500, 500 to the Metro East High School or Junior High team of your choice. You want him to give 500 to Edwardsville High School Tennis? <laughs> Heck no. Do you want him to give 500 bucks to the O'Fallon General Booster Fund? Yes. Of course you yes. do. And you can get you can support any Panther team you want to, Panther Nation. All you got to do is call Andy today at 618-830-3332 and Andy will hook up the Panthers with $500 if you refinance with him. Save money and support your favorite team in the Metro East. Well, there you go. All right. Tell me your best ideas that you had as an athletic director. Oh, man. <laughs> what were the ones that you thought? Because then I'm going to ask you which ones failed. Because we've all had ideas that failed. Well, uh, I'll start with the ones that have failed. You know, so um, um, I have... It, I have these all kind of creative ideas, right? So, um, I, I've always wanted to do a podcast, not, not always, but in the last probably four years, probably maybe since you started this and I thought, man, it'd be cool to just, uh, talk to OTHS coaches and let them carry the voice. And then when I, you know, started seeing my end coming up, you know, that, that I didn't want to be the voice carrying the culture all the time. So I wanted to start sharing the baton. Hey, hey, how many, how many ways can I get the, uh, the coaches at OTHS, these awesome people that are s such great leaders, how can I get their voice heard in our culture rather than mine? And a podcast was one of it. And you know what I learned was, uh, man, it takes a lot of work and there's a <laughs> large learning curve to that. And I, I, I didn't have it. I didn't have the time or the energy or the ability to do, to make that happen. So that's kudos to you because this is, this is, you know, just even thinking about it and trying to get on that curve, man, that's hard. That's hard. And, um, do you have a kid's podcast? Do you have any podcast created at O'Fallon so, high school? So I, we, we have started one. I'm not really a, a part of that. I've had a conversation with uh, one of our fam uh, former coaches that that is doing it with um, um, a, a club that he's started, uh, Daniel Cox is doing that, and he's going to be interviewing not just athletes but other students about what's going on in the school and just kind of a, you know, uh, it, it'll turn out it'll be great. He's got a great voice like you do, uh, you know, to make that happen. Um, so, because him and I connected on that idea, so that's a fail, you know, a fail, but. Maybe it'll come around to me at some point, another you time, may. you know, you, 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 you never know. Um, you know, I, great ideas. I, I don't know. Um, I think your leadership council was a good one. Was that your it, idea? Well, yes, there you go. Okay. Yes, it was. And, and, and thank you for bringing that up. Sure. Uh, yes, that was, that was a, I don't think the concept wasn't my idea, but it was my initiative to get it started. 
And when it, when it got started was because I, I, I left uh, the classroom into administration as the athletic director when I was a head football coach, and then I left coaching. So all of a sudden, this, uh, my life doesn't have these young kids in my interaction anymore. And what I found was, man, they, they, gave, they gave me energy just being around those kids. Your children or the people that you coached? Both, but in relative to this, it You're was the kids, about, I, the kids I coached. Right. I, even being in the classroom. Man, yes. I loved being in the classroom. Yes. I loved being a classroom teacher, and so that was all gone, and the coaching was gone, and now I'm, I'm, I'm at a desk a lot as an athletic director. So um, trying to build that life back into my blood, how can, I, how can I connect with kids? How can I personally connect with kids so I'm better? And the Leadership Council was that concept for me course I, I i wanted it to be good for them as well and that's how it's gr- why it grew over 16 years to what it what it has become because that first year it was just it wasn't what it ended up being what are some of the details of it in case other people are interested in emulating what you're yeah doing? well that, that'll lead to my next job actually okay conversation so how how we do things at at o'fallon this you know the last couple of years and they had great momentum <laughs> heading into the you know pandemic stopped it but we I, I got it restarted. So um, at, at O'Fallon, we have uh, lunch periods that are split by an, advi- an advisory. So they advisory and a lunch, you know, 30-minute period on either side. So what I do is I meet with uh, athletes during their advisory in their lunch period. And we have a room right next to the cafeteria, and they come over. So at, at about this time, I would ask coaches, hey, start thinking about your leadership council kids for next year. And they'd nominate three to six kids to meet with me, every, all 26 athletic programs, um, to, to meet with me the following year. And they would nominate them, and I had a remind system, and i just send out a link, and they just have to get it to the kids, and the kids would sign in, and boom, I'd have the roster. You know? Perfect. And so I would use Google Forms to send them to the kids, and they would respond what lunch they're in so I could plan accordingly. And, and the 25 minutes that I'd have with them, um, we're just, we're going to talk leadership principles and we're going to talk how, how can primarily, how can you lead yourself well and what that looks like and some principles that they can leave with in their back pocket each day that we talked. Um, and, and I had a lot of fun with that each time I met with the kids and I'd get them Chick-fil-A, you know, so if they want to come see me, they were, they were coming for the Chick-fil-A sandwich for sure. Um, but it, it, it was a positive thing for me. I think it was a positive thing for the kids. It was a positive thing for the coaches to connect to because a lot of the times the cultural, the, the, the leadership things that I'm talking with the kids about, I'm also talking with the coaches about how we can, as, a, as a, an adult, can grow in that way as well. And so there's a natural connection there uh, sometimes. Um, and, and so... That was, yes, that, that, thank you for bringing that and remind me of that. And ab- approximately how often would you meet with this council through in a semester? Yeah, that's a great question. Not nearly as much as I would hope to, but a- approximately once a month. That's uh, a lot. It, it is. That's it a is. lot. So, but when you look at the semester, it would end up being four or five times. So, you know, nine so times in, a year. In an ideal situation, yes. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it would cancel because. <laughs> Chaos breaks out in my office, and there's I, I right. just I just can't, you know, and that would happen on occasion, but then in the alternate weeks, I would try to send out a Google form with a video YouTube video of me just as a reminder to them of some of the things that 
were talking about. And so I got, I got decent at that, you know, doing a, doing a YouTube video of myself. It's a different time. It sign up here, use the Google form, yeah, communicate. It, yeah. it can be, it can be overwhelming all the ways that people can reach us. But also once you learn to master some of those things organizationally, they, they have to help with a job like yours. It, it absolutely does. And you know what it, what it, what I, what one of the, one of my mission, my goals as an athletic director is to create thought in coaches and kids. If we are thinking as leaders, there's a, probably a very good chance we're doing okay. And if we're not just reacting and, and put, you know, giving stiff arms, if we're thinking, if we're thinking and, and, uh, you know, looking back and, and, um, you know, uh, trying to discern were my actions correct? <laughs> did, did I do well? Um, and if we're thinking, we're probably doing pretty, pretty decent as a, as a leader and, and as an athlete. So that's one of my challenges uh, to, to them. And I use the Google Forms not just to send out a message, but to ask questions and keep questions on their front, you know, on the front dash. Keep questions there so they're asking themselves questions and have to internalize thought. And you had representatives from every single team? Every single team. Yeah, all, all 26 programs. Yeah. Those kids, see, the thing is, you, you start a program like that and you think about how cool it is. And after a while, you start to take it for granted until somebody comes from the outside and says, no, that's a really cool idea. Because I tell you what happened. All those kids stood up a little straighter yeah. because they knew that you saw them. And they felt valued as leaders. So kudos to you uh, for that program. I think I think it's a fantastic program, and uh, I, I can't imagine that it was anything but awesome for your school. Okay. Well, I hope so. <laughs> How about that family work balance? Because yeah. you said that that was a tough thing to do. What yeah. advice would you have for young coaches, young athletic directors who are who are starting out in this field, who have a family, who are committed to being an educator, an athletic director, a coach, but they've also, they want to maintain that, that, that healthy family. How do you do that? Um, again, a very real great question because that is a, a real time uh, question, even for me now, you know, as, as I'm leaving 18 years later as an athlete, been athletic director 18 years, I still got to work at that balance. I still, still, because the job can consume you. So one of the things that, um, and with the help, I had a very healthy communication with my wife, and my wife you know, is, is going to share with me when I'm going a little bit overboard. You know, the, the job is getting more of me than it deserves, um, you know, and, and, and in a graceful way. Um, but finding that balance is hard. It's hard because... Um, <laughs> You know, today I'm I'm trying to get out of the, out of my door to get here, and I'm getting a call from the lacrosse field. The trainer didn't show, the doc did, but you know, uh, there's there's chaos going to happen every single day. And as a leader, you just got to know that that's going to happen. So, one of the things I fundamentally do is I leave space and intentionally I leave space for other area for other leaders to grow into it. Because I can't be it all. I can't. And if I'm going to try, those th I'm going to lose that battle. I'm gonna, it, it's lost if I'm trying to be it all. So an athletic director, there are athletic directors out there. I know I've talked to them, and I, I, feel the, I know the pull that are trying to do everything. And the statement of 
well, if it doesn't get done, great. I might as well just do it myself. That's great. That's a, that, that, that's a, that's a, an attitude that's going to lose that battle that you talked about. And you may be great at everything at work and fixing everything and being that answer person for everybody, but then there, there's a lot of things given on this other priority. So finding that uh, um, how to manage your own ego, how to uh, give space for others to grow into it while it's not perfect, and, and then, then talking to that person into that space how it can be better um, takes a little bit of a plan and intention to do that and an understanding of your own mind and knowing when what a ping on your ego feels like and how to say no to it. Um, what does that mean, manage your own ego? How does, how does this relating to your own ego? Is it because you have to pass it off and that bothers? Well, there, there's a lot of things with ego with, with that. So one is that of control. I want to control it. Only I can do that. Only I can do that. That's ego. Another one is a fear. And well, what if I leave the space and they do it better than me? Hmm. And, it, and fi so fighting that fear ego and that control ego, that's a real thing. But understanding what that, what, what's getting pinged in you and you can be able to talk. We, we talk to our athletes all the time. Hey, talk to yourself. Understand what's going on in your head. You feel that you hear that negative chatter. Let's talk it out. Correct it. it. Correct it. Well, the same thing is in leadership. When you hear that ego get pinged, you you, you feel it. So okay, I got to figure out what is that feeling. Where's that coming from? What is what? Where is that ping? What's the angle of that ping? And let, let me let me work through that as a leader. And what's best for these people uh, at this for me is for me to work through that. <laughs> And to allow someone to grow into this. So like Corey Patton has had a ton of opportunities to lead at OTHS. He's going to step in as an athletic director and he's going to be amazing. Amazing. He's going to be, hopefully, a better athletic director than me. And I hope for that. And, and I don't want to be remembered. I want to be forgotten and he comes in. But I think that might be because he's led. He's led. There were gaps that he took charge of. And you didn't treat the time. him like a Harry Truman. Keep you know, like when he was vice president, and you know, kept him in the dark on things. You gave him a chance to learn on the job. Absolutely, we were growing together on the job. That's and 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 then I was helping him as he stepped into uh, space. I'm gonna help him on that. Or we're gonna partner on that, and and I'm gonna share some things. And I and and what it does then, it. You, you've probably sensed this as a leader yourself. So, you know, sometimes it's easier to talk to a kid because I'm not in the battle. I'm not on the court. I'm not in the heat of the fire. So it's easy for me to look at it and speak to it, right? Yep. But if I'm on the court in the emotional battle, I can't speak to it well at all. So as I intentionally, you know, create this space for people to step into, I'm stepping out of the battle and now I can speak to it so much better as a leader and help, and help, you know, help them in their own um, leadership. It's been a good year. Oh man. It's, Ed been, it's been a, it's been a, an awesome fun year. Yes, Your smile is. is big. Yeah. And it's real. 
Yeah. And a big part of that smile has to be the girls' basketball state championship. Not the only thing to smile about. It's not the only thing, but it is. It is it's it, a big deal. It was a fun, fun run, man. That was – and seeing the girls, um, how they came together, and Nick, Coach Nohoff, um, I've always admired him. Um, the day one when he came in, I, I admired how he w- went about his business. Um, we, we connected on a lot of things philosophically, I think. And I just admire how he goes about his business and coaches the girls and cares about them and loves them. He loves them and, and holds them accountable out of love, you know, and, and um, how he brings girls, the, the team, into understanding and accepting of their roles and playing for each other. If that doesn't happen, we don't win a state championship. I mean, there's so much talent out there. The five girls that are on the court have to understand the role, play it, play for each other, and and then and feel free to play and be their best. And he just amazingly brought all of that out of them. All that out of them. Very Phil Jackson like. Yes, yes. That's what I think of when I when when you when you describe what he did, and I had him on the show, and I've had his dad on the show. Um, I think he does a great job too. Yeah, and he's one of those. He's one of the really bright stars of this year for O'Fallon. But you've had other highlights too. A ton of t- highlights, you know. Yeah, you, you know, you, something like that happens, right. and then and then you know a, a conference, uh, an outright conference championship for right. boys basketball, and and a regional championship, and, you know, boys bowling. Do getting, not forget bowling. Oh, heck no. Coach Imes was on no, here. No, 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 He is the man. Absolutely. He is, yes, he's a legend in the Midwest, you know, the country uh, as a bowling coach. Oh, no, we're, we're not forgetting uh, bowling, you know, getting the second place in, in, in state, you know, that, and, and our Golden Girls getting first in conference and cheerleading getting second, you know, but it's not all about the the finish, yeah, right. you know. It's it, it our, our wrestling program is at is at uh, ground level, you know. They're, they're at ground level building right now, and I don't want pressure of oh you got to be first or second in conference or win a state championship. No, let's do things right. And coach, you know, Coach Slachter is uh, he's going to do an amazing job. He's, this is his first year in, in the wrestling program, and you know, don't get in a rush. Lay the foundation. Do it right. Don't get in a hurry, and and you know things will evolve. You know it it just will happen in its own time. But do it right, and don't don't let the winds, you know, stir you. You know, or the lack of them. Is that one of the biggest things that you emphasize with with young coaches coming into it? Is the winds are going to come if you do things the right way? Yeah, we try we 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 try to keep our conversation on process. What, and, and, you know, you hear that all the time in college, college coaches, whenever they're getting interviewed, they, you know, we focused on the process. So I started asking the question, well, what is the process? Right. What is the process? You're asking the big questions. Yes. The specific questions. Yes. So, coach, how do you interpret what your process? T- tell me. Tell me. What is your process about that? Uh, you know, how would you interpret process? over over wins let's talk about that and then you know I developed my own thoughts and my own structure to what process is um so I you know that it if as long as we're focused on the process and 
set the goals, you know, but the day-to-day work is not about the goals. The day-to-day work is about just inching a little bit to the next step. That's it, to the next step. And it's going to be process and, and a truth evaluation of here's where we're at. Here's where we got to go. If you're not dealing with truth, then you're trying to coach someone way up here and they're way back here. We've got to deal with truth first. Where are they? And let's take them to the next step. And that's our job as coaches. That's it. That's it. And we've got to be truthful with ourselves, our coaching staff. Hey, here's how we're going to do this. And then be very intentional about how we, how we talk and lead to the, with these kids. Um, you know, there's a, I got a ton of thoughts on that. You do. And, and you and I are the same in the sense that I think we live in a world where people throw out cliches like, I'm focused on the process. Okay. What does that mean to you? Yeah. What right. exactly? What is right. your process? Right. Be very specific. And some people, when you question them and you want deeper details, more specificity, some people really get feel like you're like you're questioning them in a bad way. Like, no, I'm I I really want to know what it is, right? What what you're trying to say here? Yeah. What's your next step? You're done. Yeah. Late June. Yeah. Then what's going to happen? What's Todd Moeller <laughs> going to do? So. To, because you got this passion and this energy. You're a young man. I am. You know, I you're am. a young man. You got a professional life and a personal life long ahead of you. What are you going to do? Yeah, I got a lot left in my tank. That's that's, and uh, you know, I'm I'm calling it a, re- a change of trajectory. You know, I'll be leaving what I'm doing, but I'm I'm going in a direction somewhere. So, for a long time, all year, you know, I've been very patient, just you know, praying and and uh, and creating a checklist, really, to be honest with you, of here are the things that I want in my next career, my next stage of and, and just a checklist and you know flexibility time with my grand i got five grandkids wow. right now yeah it's all they're and awesome and the great thing is you've made your career so to speak so what you do next you don't have to sit there and worry about okay how am i going to make a living right, right? that's right. The, that's the luxury you have right that there, there's not that pressure for right. sure you know so i got the the checklist flexibility and you know i, I want to continue if, if if god if the if if i want to go ideals idealistic I want to continue pouring into coaches. I want to continue pouring into kids because I just get passionate in front of people and when I'm talking about things that I believe in. And, and, um, and, I, and I put this out there. I'm like, I have no idea if this even happens, but you know, I would love an organization that would just back me in doing all these things, right? That would be just amazing, not even knowing if it, ha- if it existed. Well, it does, and, I'm, and I have that opportunity. So I'm going to be working for an organization called Character Plus. And what I described to you with the, the leadership council that we did at O'Fallon Township High School, they were presenting to the Southwestern Conference ADs and, and you know, trying to get into the schools with their product. And, and what they were describing was exactly what I was doing. Not, not exactly, but the model of it was what we were doing at OTHS. And as soon as that, their meeting was over, I jumped out of my seat and went to him. I just said, hey, I want to put my name on your desk. And um, just I'm in retiring. I don't know if you need anybody, but I just want you to put, your, put my name on your desk. And this is stuff I'm passionate about. I've been doing it for 18 years. What you described is exactly what I do. I had an ROE talk coming up two weeks later, um, talking about the stuff that I love, uh, your why and how you transition that into coaching. Um, and they were there and watched me. Um, I guess they liked enough what I said and how I presented it, how I did it. And we began a conversation on 
them bringing me on. So I'm going to be the director of Character Plus in the athletic division. I'm going to be the director, and basically the ground level. Uh, they, they did it for a year in high schools with about five different high schools. And now I'm in conversation with high schools of, hey, how can I come in? Athletic directors, I know character counts uh, with you. I know it matters to you, but I also know you don't have time. How can we come? How can I come in, give you a framework for you to lead with character? And, and I can be a stimulus to that. Characterplus.org? Yep, that's it. And it's based out of Chesterfield? Yes. Is that what I'm seeing here? If You, yep. you can get on characterplus.org and you can see all about their summer series and their mission and their work. It is right in line with your values. It that, is. That is a, this is a really cool opportunity. And I'm looking at... Uh, who's Go to the ACE, AACE program and you'll see me in there. Really cool. So you're going to be working with coaches and athletic directors and teams and schools? So it'll be me coming into school three times, talking to kids, right? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk with coaches and ADs. We got those, some of the details that we got, each school will look a little bit different, but basically coming in three times talking with kids and what I hope to do, what I would love and what I'm passionate about is I can't own that when I come into a school, all I can be is a stimulus or come alongside the athletic director and, and let's create a platform where the athletic director now carries it as well you know, a platform to lead character for, for the athletic director. And, and I, I think it'll work. I, I really believe in it. I really believe in it. You're going to be a motivational speaker and a coach's coach. Yes. That's what I want to be. That's You'll be good be. at it. I think that's a, I think that's a fantastic next step for you. It's what you know. It's what you do. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really, really cool. What will your legacy be at O'Fallon High School when people remember you. You said you want people to forget you, but they're not going to. They're going to remember you. You've had an impact there on the community and the school. You've brought a lot of success there. And you probably have not I know you haven't sat around and thought, here's how people going to here's how people are going to remember me. But how do you want people to remember Todd Moeller, the athletic director and football coach at O'Fallon High School? Well, uh, <laughs> save the big jet, big big left hook for last, huh? Um, I I would not I would want to be remembered um, as someone who listens. I want to be remembered as someone who um, did everything they could to promote them to a good position. Um, I hope that my ego didn't get in a way too much to, to that people didn't recognize the so many great people at OTHS. So many, so many. And I, honestly, I don't care if they remember me because I'm going to remember my time there, and it's it's just been awesome. The coaches, the people that I'm, you know, uh, we've we've gone to battle with. Um, I just hope they they know remember because they know this. I hope they remember that I care about them, and I'll still be there for them. That's it. 
Will it be weird if Edwardsville High School hires Character Plus, and all of a sudden you're you're giving me you're giving the Edwardsville High School coaches uh, uh, pep talks? You, it's been a big well, rivalry for a long time. It, in a great rivalry, yes. And but but here, it could, it, it has the opportunity for awkward, but it it would be that would be washed away immediately. Um, this helps. You know, that you and I have, have a relationship, you know, that we have outside of the, the court. You know, I competed against Tim Daugherty, you know, on the football field. And there was no more intense competitor than Tim Daugherty. None. But, and, and in competing against him, what I learned is that there's the competitor inside the lines, and then there's the person outside the lines. And, and I don't want to... I don't want to um, create a person, Dave Lipe, on what I see only in the competitive situations, okay? Because that that has uh, that can be very skewed in in how I'm filtering it even because I'm competing against them. So me going in, it it has opportunity for an awkwardness, but because that's my filter. And because I've had so many conversations with so many coaches that I know we're all the same. I know we're all the same. We all have the same fears, the same worries, the same joys, and we care about kids. We want to do this right and well. So if that's the common and I can, I can get past it, then I'll get you past it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm past it. And I think, <laughs> I think you know, obviously – Right now, the leading teams, the leading schools in the Southwestern Conference are O'Fallon and Edwardsville. Yeah. And anytime you have a rivalry, there is a potential for things to get nasty. But here's the thing. Every, all the coaches on the other side are trying to do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And every time I hear a kid say something like, oh, O'Fallon, I'm like, you realize those are kids over there exactly like you, yeah. trying to do exactly the same thing that you're trying to do and without an, without good teams in the conference, our conference is going to stink. You want O'Fallon That's, to be good. You want East St. Louis and Alton and Collinsville. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving bubble East and bubble West. You want these teams to be strong. Absolutely. Because if they are, they're going to make you stronger. Absolutely. You know that, we, we, we lose the, the true meaning of, of what competitor means. And that you, to compete, you need an opposition. I mean, it's no fun if you're competing, you know, a, a 10-year-old against a 5-year-old in a game of basketball. Who Neither one of those kids are having fun. You have fun competing when you, we are equally matched. Man, that is, a, that is an awesome event, and uh, an awesome game. And that is how O'Fallon has, has – has, uh, enjoyed the competition with Edersville because man, you guys, you guys made us grow. Well, you know what, if you're a, a parent or a kid or a coach and you're sitting there thinking how much you hate this school or that school, relax. You know, this is the Metro Esports podcast. And, <laughs> and that's been one of the great joys for me is getting to know, you know, if I'm just still the tennis coach, all I'm trying to do is win. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to get to I'm not trying to get to know these other coaches and athletic directors. So that it's it's been great for me and healthy for me in that regard too. And I hope it's been healthy for the Metro East. 
So we want these rivalries. We want yeah. these. We want these close contests, and we want people to fight like heck. Yes, for these contests. But realize that everybody. These are just kids and coaches exactly like you are. Right. And we need good competition for us all to grow in the Metro East. Well, Todd, anything else you want to chat about before you uh before I I, I sign off for tonight's show? Gosh, you know, uh nothing really comes to my mind, you know, other than just an appreciation uh of, of the opportunity to have coached and been an athletic director, an appreciation for my family, my wife. Um, my three daughters who are back in the, all in the area and, you know, I have five grandbabies now. I, I just, I, I, I feel a, a, you know, just a heartfelt appreciation for the opportunities that I have had this one, this one being, being one of them. This is well, a real, you got to come back. We love, I love having you on the show. You, you're, you're a very thoughtful guy. I appreciate how thoughtful you are about things. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you, but that, that, that would be it. That'd be it. Okay. Well, thanks so much. I, I ran into your uh, superintendent, Darcy Benway, yeah. at an event, yeah. and she'd never heard of the podcast. So <laughs> I want everybody to send, send this link. I'll send it to her. I've, I'm sure. like, are you kidding me? I've literally, I feel like I've had every single coach at O'Fallon, <laughs> you know, thanks to you and, and your help. So, well, you've left O'Fallon a better place and thus the Metro East sports community a better place. So I thank you. Uh, Todd, I I don't know how many Edwardsville coaches are going to thank you for your work, but I I really appreciate the good work you did there. I, I tell you what, the one, uh, Alex surprised me and gave me an amazing gift, an amazing gift. And uh, you know him and I, we you know as competitors, we've had we've had you know some some tension, and but we've worked through it, and you know our relationship becomes stronger when you work through those kind of things. And he gave me the most amazing gift. Uh, a plaque with uh, the the our basketball court inside of it, and 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 it looks like real wood, and it, it's it's an amazing gift. So yeah, Alex, is, awesome Alex is a great guy too. And every once in a while, somebody from Edwards will say, "Well, you sure love those other schools." I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do. I'm a tiger. I'm very very true to my school, but I do want to spread love to all the other schools. Well, thanks again, Todd, for being being thank a great you. guest tonight. Tonight, and thank you all for listening. And big thanks to guests Parker Mayhew, James McKeever. Taylor Spiller, John Muldoon, Todd Moeller, and for partners, Cassens, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquis, The Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats, and for associate producers, Keaton Anderson and Connor Hinterser, thank you for listening to the Metro East Sports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro East. <laughs>